Welcome to the Live From Rest podcast, episode number 10, entitled Ruthlessly Eliminate Hurry From Your Life. I'm Steve Smith, your host and the author of the Live From Rest app. Each week in this podcast, we take time to explore the ancient art of being. We host conversations, short talks and reflections about how we can live from rest in a world full of busyness and distraction. We created the Live From Rest app because we needed it and we think you might need it too. If you haven't done so already, do please make sure that you go to the App Store or to Google Play Store and download it today. Discover meditation rooted in the way of Jesus and a life of peace with freedom from anxiety, worry and strife. Before looking at today's topic, I want to let you know that this coming Monday, I will be interviewing Giles Lassell, who heads up Breakthrough Ministries, which is based in Bristol in the southwest of England. Giles is going to talk to us about the healing power of stillness and meditation. And he'll be drawing from his own extensive experience of helping people who have experienced childhood trauma. Giles is himself a childhood trauma survivor. I can thoroughly recommend listening to him. I've um, invited him to speak at a conference that we organised and he was so good. So do please make sure you download next week's episode as well. So let's talk about this wonderful encouragement to ruthlessly eliminate hurry, which comes from a man named Dallas Willard, and I'll come to that in just a minute. But I want to start with talking about what I reckon is a bit of a doctor's nightmare. And and that's when a patient comes into the consulting room having done their own self-diagnosis. It happens quite often. Somebody comes in the door, sits down, and they tell you what they've got. They've had various symptoms, they've looked it up on the computer, they've consulted with Dr. Google, and the symptoms seem to completely fit with some horrendous diagnosis. And then it's the job of the doctor to say, hang on a minute, maybe it's not quite as serious as that. Actually, most of the time, it's not so difficult to deal with that. People can sometimes be persuaded that um, their condition is not so serious. And if they try this or try that, it may just get better. But I do remember this happening to me a few years ago when somebody came in with some vague abdominal symptoms and he just sat down and told me that he had gastrointestinal candidiasis, which I hadn't heard of at the time and I simply did not know how to deal with that particular situation. And I mention that because um, I'm just feeling a bit guilty maybe myself because I have got involved in self-diagnosis And I've diagnosed myself with a condition that I am calling chronic busyness disorder or maybe chronic busyness personality disorder. I don't think anyone else has previously described this as a condition. Um, I came across this idea of this condition when I was reading the book by Shelley Miller that I've mentioned before, Rhythms of Rest. I really love the title, Rhythms of Rest. I'm actually really enjoying reading the book too. It's beautifully written and I recommend it to you even though I haven't yet finished it. Um, By the way, Shelley is going to be on this podcast soon. She's she's agreed to have an interview and I'm really looking forward to that. And in the chapter I was reading, Shelley used the term chronic busyness. She was describing people going through life being really busy and I stopped and thought, that is me. And then it dawned on me that 
maybe this is actually a condition. And I'm, I'm saying that in a sort of tongue-in-cheek way, but actually also slightly serious, that maybe there is a condition, a medical diagnosis of chronic busyness disorder, or maybe chronic busyness personality disorder. Psychiatrists diagnose a whole number of personality disorders. There's borderline personality disorder, there's paranoid personality disorder, antisocial personality disorder, dependent personality disorder, and many others I could, could go on. But I'm just wondering if we could um, describe a new condition that we'll call chronic busyness personality disorder. And if this condition would be accepted um, as, a, as a disorder, here are a few features. Firstly, there is never enough time to do what you need to do. And there, secondly, there is definitely not enough time to do what you actually want to do. And because there are not enough hours in the day, 24 hours a day is not enough. We could really do with, say, 30 hours a day. But because there is only 24 hours in the day, people with this condition will get up early in the day or they'll stay up late to fit more into their days. And as a result, sleep's probably poor. There's probably a bit of anxiety, probably some mood instability. Does, does this all sound familiar? That's certainly been me. And although I am better than I once was, or actually quite a lot better than I have been, at this point in time, I recognise that I am not free from this condition. So, so I'm using this podcast as a way of hopefully helping you um, and also I'm going to sort of journal my own walk with chronic busyness disorder. Let me just tell you a little bit of a tiny bit of my story. I was um, inspired by a talk by John Mark Comer that I listened to a few years ago. I can't remember whether it was a podcast or somebody had sent me the mp3 and John Mark described meeting Dallas Willard who's an American Christian philosopher who died um, aged 77 a few years ago. And Dallas Willard's best piece of advice to anyone wanting to know God was this, ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. And I remember hearing that and thinking, yes. I thought, yes, yes, I want to ruthlessly eliminate hurry from my life. And I had a go at doing that. But years later, I was busy, busy, busy going through life with chronic busyness. I, re I remember four years ago, I was in China with my wife and my youngest daughter. Uh, my youngest daughter, Phoebe, was adopted from China. She's now 16, and this was, so she was, what, 12 years at the time. And we had taken her back to China just to help her to understand her roots and her background. And we had a wonderful holiday, a wonderful, restful time. And during that time, I remember having coffee with my wife, Lucinda, and it was at a Starbucks. Starbucks, as it happens. Starbucks is indeed everywhere, including China. Anyway, over that coffee, Lucinda and I agreed, probably in the context of having a really nice, restful, enjoyable time, that when we got back to England, things were going to be different. Basically, I was going to slow down. That was four years ago, and you've probably guessed, nothing much changed. And lately, I've just been wondering whether actually recognising chronic busyness as a condition is perhaps a vital step in sorting it out. 
Again, so recognizing it as a condition is half tongue in cheek, but actually also quite serious. Because I've sort of likened it to an addiction, and for some people, chronic busyness may actually be an addiction, but someone with an addiction is only going to become free from that addiction if they start by recognizing the problem. Because by definition, you can't simply use discipline to overcome an addiction. And I'm thinking that we may often need something more than simple discipline to overcome chronic busyness or chronic busyness disorder. So as I say, I'm dealing with addiction as an illustration to help us tackle chronic busyness, but it is really well worth suggesting that for some, maybe for quite a few, maybe for me, perhaps busyness is, is an addiction. And let's, let's take that seriously. If you're chronically busy, whether or not you consider your busyness as an addiction, perhaps this is something that you actually really need to pray into. And I'd love to say more on this, on the, on the whole role of prayer ministry in overcoming addiction, and perhaps we'll come back to it as, as my main role in life is actually helping people overcome addiction with God's help. I'm a Christian doctor, I specialise in addictions, and I run a programme that I set up a few years ago called Keys Community Detox, and you can um, find out more about that if you want to and visit our website, keysdetox.org. But for now, let's consider what I think is maybe a three-point plan to break free from chronic busyness. And point one is what we've just mentioned. Recognise it as a condition and that serious prayer may be a key. And here's a suggestion that it might be worth getting someone to help you to, to deal with this issue, maybe as a prayer and an accountability partner. Why don't you give that a go? I'm thinking, yes, this is something that I am going to do and I'll let you know how I get on a few weeks in a few weeks' time. So that's point one. Point two, let's actually consider what drives us to be busy and seek to be internally and not externally driven. So let me explain what I mean by that. It, it actually really helped me two or three years ago at a time when I was really feeling overwhelmed with things to do and not enough time to, to realize that I have been externally driven. I have been busy with things that I believe others have expected of me. And this is a big subject and there's so much we could say about this, but we do need to seek to be internally driven. And as believers, let's seek to be busy only with what God has for us rather than the demands and the expectations of others. Jesus could have been really, really very busy because there was so much sickness, there was so much spiritual ignorance, there was so much oppression in his day, there was so much need. But we don't actually get the impression from the Bible accounts of Jesus's life that he was busy or stressed. And in fact, the opposite was true. He slept in a storm when his companions were frantically trying to stop the boat from sinking. I had the um, privilege of hearing Mike Todd speak at a conference this year in London. And you may know Mike Todd. Mike said that if he had been Jesus, he would definitely have had a horse. Mike said that with a horse, just think how many more meetings he could have set up, how many more healings he could have achieved, how many more deliverances, resurrections. But we actually read that Jesus walked and 
Mike came, comes up with the encouragement for us to stride, not strive. And the other saying of his that I really like is, walk at the pace of grace. Jesus did not fulfill his potential, says Mike. When I first heard that, I thought, I thought hmm, maybe that sounds blasphemous. But he didn't fulfill his potential. He didn't do all that he could have done, but he did fulfill his purpose. And that's what we need to be doing. We need to, we need to be driven by what God has purposed for us to do, not what we consider to be what we could potentially do. And, and in this respect, let's hear the words of Jesus in John chapter 5, verse 19. Jesus says, Very truly, I tell you, the Son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees his Father doing. Jesus was internally driven. He, he did what the Father revealed for him to do. And that's what we need to strive to do, not to be driven by the needs and expectations of others. And point three in my little three-point plan, three plan to deal with chronic busyness is to take steps to stop. Shelley Miller in her book says, you can stop or you can be stopped. And I don't want to be stopped. I want to, I want to stop in a nice orderly way. And in that respect, I want to take the encouragement of Rick Warren that you may have heard of that um, is so helpful and encouraging us to avoid burnout. And that's these three things, to, to divert daily, to withdraw weekly, and to abandon annually. To divert daily, to withdraw weekly, and to abandon annually. Maybe it'll be good to do separate sessions on, on, on these three headings, but briefly for now, first of all, to divert daily. Every day, take time to be still, to, to be relaxed. This, is, this has got to be on the very top of our daily to-do list, however busy we are. This is for our spiritual well-being and for our emotional and mental well-being too. At a, um, at a doctor's meeting, we were discussing, a group of us were discussing the subject of mindfulness and meditation in relation to um, into, into well-being. And, and I, I said during that time that I aim to have 20 minutes twice a day. And, and when possible, I have a 20-minute stillness meditation during my lunch break. One of the ladies at the meeting was, was really incredulous. She gasped when I said 20, 20 minutes. She said, 20 minutes? There was absolutely no way that she could take 20 minutes in her day or, or so, so she thought, let alone twice. And yeah, I know that the practice of daily meditation has been an absolute game changer for me, certainly in terms of being more chilled, sleeping better. So I really encourage you, do seek to divert daily. Take time each day to be still and to relax. And um, there are many ways that you can do that. And of course, we'd love to encourage you to use our app, Live From Rest. So secondly, withdraw weekly. Practice Sabbath at least on a weekly basis. Take a, a prolonged time in the week, ideally a day, to be still and to actually do the things that you really want to do. Things in particular that help you to truly relax, maybe reading, maybe taking time with loved ones. 
And if, and if they help you to relax, maybe actually do the things that you wish you had time to do on the Sabbath, whichever day that happens to be. And um, by the way, many of us do church on a Sunday and the way we do church is often not a good example of true Sabbath. So you need to work that out for yourself. I, I remember watching Fiddler on the Roof in the theatre a few years ago. I don't know if you've seen it, but I especially loved the Sabbath scene. There was um, a scene of real busyness, presumably Friday during the day, everyone actively working hard, whether in the fields or at home. And as the Sabbath evening drew close, there was this gentle slowing down and everyone was going home to be with their family to start the Sabbath. There was the preparation for the meal, lighting of candles, and this wonderful sense of stillness and peace and relaxation. We've, we've explored Sabbath with, with my son Joshua, um, episodes five and six of these podcasts. Do have a listen to those if you haven't heard them already. And I'm really delighted to be interviewing Shelley Miller very soon. Shelley has set up the Sabbath Society and I can't wait to hear her suggestions on how to do Sabbath well. And uh, finally, the third, the third encouragement from Rick Warren is to abandon annually I'm excited to be going to France with Lucinda in just a couple of weeks' time. And we're going to use that as an opportunity to really, truly recharge and to establish, for me at least, a new rhythm that will hopefully set the tone for weekly Sabbath and daily stillness. So let's see how that goes. There's, there's so much more that can be said, but maybe the most important thing for me and perhaps for you today is just to recognise chronic busyness as a condition that needs to be addressed and maybe just addressing it as as a condition and bringing prayer and accountability into that may may be a life changer so give that a go and do let us know how you get on if you're enjoying these podcasts do please rate us or review us and maybe share us on social media remember that we've got giles lasell from breakthrough ministries coming to join us from for the next couple of sessions to look at the healing power of stillness and meditation. And hopefully we'll do a separate session with Giles on using what's known as the Jesus Prayer. I'm excited about that too. So please do keep in touch. We love hearing from you. And please join us next week. Thank you so much. Bye for now.